0: Hi, this is Nick. And this is Andy, and we host The Concession Stand, a podcast from two guys who work in the TV and movie business right here in Los Angeles. And you're listening to Busted Wide Open on the Orbital Jigsaw Network. You're listening to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. Dropping the elbow on the hottest topics in sports entertainment and the world of professional wrestling with your hosts, Nick Howell and Sir Ian Dangerous, coming to you from the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena in sunny Southern California. Welcome back to the Busted Wide Open Podcast. If this is your first time joining the show, I'd like to welcome you to episode number 60. I am Nick Howell.
1: And fighting for my dreams, so my dreams can fight for me. I am Sir Ian Dangerous. Yes! Nick, we I don't really even want to do an intro to this show. I don't want to set the table. I don't want to set anything up. I don't want to talk about how we had Raw and SmackDown this week and how New Japan had a new Japan Cup. I gotta get right into the show. We gotta get right into this and talk about the big news.
0: Okay, okay, okay. All right. We're, we're, we're not even gonna waste any time. No. We're just gonna go straight to Come this. on. Take it away, Ian.
1: Daniel Bryan has been cleared to wrestle! Yes! Daniel Bryan! Yes. yes! 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 Oh man. Talk about a fairy tale story. Wow. Two
0: years in the making. Oh more my than that God. at this point.
1: Three at this Three. point. I yeah. mean, this is I I I have to say, this is probably the biggest wrestling news. Maybe even outside of wrestling, just like sports news that I can think of in a long, 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 long time. This is incredible.
0: There wasn't a sports outlet yesterday that did not have an article up about this. No, Twitter in the blew midst up. of March Madness, in the midst In the midst of, of March Madness, exactly. Free agency and everything. The draft is coming in a couple of weeks. So, I mean, everything that's going on, every news outlet fe- featured this on the on the front page yeah. of their sports section. Uh, this is
1: big. It's a huge story and yeah. I don't care if, you know, people who are protective of it and, and and precious and saying, "Oh, wrestling is all scripted, blah blah blah." Doesn't fuck doesn't matter. It is it is uh athletes performing at the highest level possible. Sure. Daniel Bryan being at the top tier of those athletes and, and what he can do in that ring. Um and it was a tragedy not only for for him but for all of us to have lost someone of that caliber to injury when he still had so much of his career ahead of him. Yeah. Uh, And it's, it's not an understatement to say that uh, this is one of the most monumentous comebacks in wrestling history. Uh, You know, even like the, the easy comparison would be Daniel Bryan's mentor, Shawn Michaels, who came back after that back injury. Right. But even that, was it wasn't even that he wasn't... Shawn Michaels wasn't not cleared to wrestle. He just... It just hurt too much. He didn't think he would be able to rehab to the point where he could wrestle without being hurt. Daniel O'Brien was not allowed to get into the ring. And they were finally able to convince... The you know, the primary WWE doctor, doctor Maroon, was the one who was saying, "No, I I can't allow this." And he apparently Brian went to specialist after specialist after specialist, all of whom who cleared him. He fought for this for years and years. Uh, he had a great speech on SmackDown that apparently he wrote himself, uh, talking about it and how you know Bree was there by his side even when he would falter, saying, "Never give up, keep trying, keep working." And if this isn't just the epitome of Daniel Bryan's whole freaking career, if this isn't just another... I mean, this guy's going to have... He's already written one book because he thought his career was over. Right. He's going to have a whole other book to put out. And when you put the two together, it's going to be the most incredible story. Uh, and, and the theme is going to be incredible odds stacked against this guy who everyone wants to see succeed. And he does, despite everything being thrown at him. Uh, and we, you know, in the past few months, we've talked about how, well, wouldn't it be great if Daniel Bryan got cleared for WrestleMania and he was able to be involved in the Sammy and Kevin Owens and Shane feud, that'd be great. And we kept always backing off saying, ah, but you know what? We don't want to jinx it. It's not too likely. Uh, it, you know, we it's probably not going to happen kind of thing. No, it happened. It happened this week. And it is, it feels fantastic. And if you're if you're a wrestling fan and you didn't, Get a little misty eyed or like shed one singular little tear when this stuff, or or even I mean, for some of the stuff, for some of like seeing him do this speech, if you weren't bawling, then you don't have a heart. This is this is some really like truly emotional stuff. And it's one of those moments where you're I I don't know. I'm really proud to be a professional wrestling and sports entertainment fan because of moments like this, which is out even outside of all the storylines. This is real. And, this, and it's an incredible, incredible moment and an incredible story.
0: Yeah, one of the things I always come back to is when I tell people that, yes, I do watch the secondary shows that they have out there on Hulu and on the network, the Total Bellas and Total Divas, et cetera. Yes, it's mostly goofy, but it does give you some insight into the lives of like John Cena and Daniel Bryan because they're involved with the Bella Twins, uh, each of them individually, of course. But seeing Daniel Bryan, some of the stuff he did go through outside of WWE yeah, as
1: much as it's a scripted reality show yeah. there's definitely moments of truth you can't that you, you can can't see script.
0: him trying to find his place like yeah. he's struggling to to find an identity like who am I outside of of wrestling
1: of as uh, yeah if I'm not a wrestler what am I
0: yes so it, I don't know if everybody really clocked onto that but I certainly did and it's one of the reasons that keeps me going back to watch is because of those little kind of nuggets of, of intimate moments like that So I, you know, as we like to do some crazy shit on this show, let the fantasy booking begin. Let the
1: fantasy booking begin. We
0: got a big hint. We'll talk about later on Smackdown with (laughs) uh, Daniel Bryan eyeballing the WrestleMania sign, not pointing like everybody else, uh, but mm, we got some stuff to talk about there, and and
1: everything that he can do after WrestleMania. I mean, how many? Not only just dream matches where you don't even need to book an angle. it's just we want to see them wrestle. Shinsuke Nakamura, AJ Styles, uh, Brock Lesnar. You know and how how many people that are now in WWE that weren't the last time he was actively wrestling. Um, you know Brock Lesnar was, but like, what wouldn't it be co- like? We always said, wouldn't it be cool if he fought Brock Lesnar? He yeah. hasn't. Um, there's so many people that he could go and, and have matches with that would be awesome. There's matches that. The angle writes itself. I mean, Miz uh, on Talking Smack with that brilliant, brilliant uh, diatribe that he gave at Daniel Bryan about quitting and going back to the bingo halls because WWE wouldn't let him wrestle. Oh, come on. That's that's just ready. That's ready to go. Yeah. Um, so no, there's there's so much now that we can all sit here and get excited about again. There's so much excitement around this. Um, the the only caveat from what I understand is that he has to get impact tech uh, impact tested uh, and get a neuropsychological exam after every match that he performs in. That, to me, seems like a small, that's a blip. That's a that's a tiny, tiny little road bump yeah. to, to be able to do everything that he wants and to I'm do. And I'm sure his
0: him. response was, that's all I got to do? Yeah. Okay. <laughs>
1: Done. Yeah. So, sold. Uh, the only thing I'm going to say that's, that's possibly like a, a gripe or a negative about this is I question whether or not they should have announced it or if they should have just like, all of a sudden, Daniel Bryan's getting action and we're going, wait, what? What? And- that would have been cool, too. I, 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 I love having the knowledge of it before SmackDown and then having him walk out and seeing the audience who knows that he's cleared as he walks to the ring and everyone's so happy for him, screaming out, we love you, Daniel. He gets into the ring and everyone knows what's coming and he gives us some beautiful emotional speech. I, I can't say that that was the wrong decision because that was awesome. Um I just I don't know. It's something that I would have thought would have been an awesome surprise too. Like how much people would have freaked out if all of a sudden Daniel Bryan's just wrestling again, and we all just kind of go, "What? Oh my god!" You know. But uh, again, such a small little thing. But we uh, we will talk plenty more about this when we get to SmackDown Live. We've got to move on and talk about some other big news, uh, including the last entry into the class of 2018 Hall of Pain. Excuse me, Hall of Fame. Mark Henry, the world's strongest man, sexual chocolate is sexual finally, chocolate.
0: finally getting into the world WWE Hall of Fame. This is, I believe this is overdue with the small exception that he did continue to work within the last five years or so. Yeah,
1: he'd only kind of quietly uh, retired within this last year. So this, this does make sense that they waited till he actually retired, retired, and then gave him this honor pretty much first thing. Yeah. Again, I wish it wasn't such a. It's a stacked class this year. This is from top to bottom. This is a really huge class of Hall of Famers, um, and he's. I don't think he's going to get lost in the shuffle. It's Mark Henry, but you know, at the same time, I almost want to see him get more of a spotlight because I just respect the hell out of the guy. He's yeah. been around since. I mean the mid, literally the mid '90s, and, and he's had so Brown many, and
0: him in the late to, late '90s, yeah. yeah.
1: So many different phases to his career, and you know he was an Olympian before he even came to WWE. Ninety-two the, Olympics in Barcelona. The guy, yeah. w- the guy is a genetic freak. He's a great performer.
0: He, he won all of the medals.
1: He, yeah, gold, in, silver, in ninety-two. Uh, that was in the Olympics. That was in the. No, Strong it was ninety-two Barcelona,
0: I believe. He won but all it, it, uh, the gold, silver, and medal.
1: He's he is bronze, a. Excuse me. He is a freak. And he also became a really, really entertaining performer. He started off very kind of awkward and shy, and you could see him growing into these characters. Uh, and you mentioned it before, you know, sexual chocolate with that completely ridiculous angle that I hated when he first did it. And now I look back on with some fondness because it was just... it. Was, he obviously loved doing it, and it was so much... It was, it was really funny. Yeah. Uh, my only question is... Will he wear salmon when he comes out at the <laughs> Hall of Fame uh, to accept it? And will he be inducted by the hand? Who? The hand. What? You don't remember the hand? I don't remember the hand. Sexual chocolate. Got it on with Mae Young, and Mae Young gave birth to a hand. The hand was there at Raw 1000. He had glasses on. He was 12 years old at the time. Now he's, now he's 18 years old. It's, he's old enough. He, he can drive himself there. He can vote. He can induct Bart Henry. His, I remember May his Young dad. and
0: May Young smoking a cigar in bed, and that was amazing. Well, but I don't remember giving birth to a hand.
1: Yeah, go back and uh, go back and refresh yourself. It's one of the most bizarre moments sure in WWE history. It is literally the most, like one of the most bizarre moments in WWE history, where they paid off the May Young pregnancy angle with her giving birth to a freaking plastic hand. <laughs> And, and the hand came back as a dude in a giant hand suit on raw 1000. I, I, I did say this is wow. a joke, but if the hand is anywhere involved in Mark Henry's induction to the hall of fame, I, I might have to mark out. I might have to, um, other big news there. Are, uh, so AJ styles has an unspecified injury. We have not, he got it at a house show. We don't know what exactly it is, but there's a rumor. He might be out for WrestleMania. Ooh! Uh. Uh, apparently, he is rehabbing like gangbusters. He has said online that they will like he they'll have to cut his leg off to keep him from WrestleMania. I believe that uh, Triple H says he's he's basically working like a madman to rehab this injury, whatever it is. Um, so I right now no nothing to get too alarmed about, but uh, definitely still you know. Keep your fingers crossed for AJ here. He's a he's a genetic freak as well. Hopefully he can uh, he can get better and perform at a high level because that's a I mean come on this is the match he's wanted. It's the match we've all wanted him and Nakamura on the biggest stage of them all. And speaking of big stages, uh, also a more of a rumor than news, but it is being it's been confirmed by WWE that this is happening. Hogan Hulk Hogan himself is in talks to return to WWE. As an in-ring performer? As of right now, it hasn't been specified, just that he'll be back, whether it's as an ambassador, whether it's as an authority figure, whether it's as Braun Strowman's partner against the bar.
0: No. (laughs) We (laughs) don't know.
1: But uh, Hogan will be coming back in some form, it looks like, to WWE.
0: If I can bring us back to reality for just a second, we did have a second coming of Hogan, Hollywood Hogan or whatever. A few second comings of Hogan. Sure. Uh, since then, he has been embroiled in turmoil over sex tapes and all kinds of stuff.
1: That was the second coming I was referring to.
0: Oh, uh, Go on. Sh- okay. I don't know if this is a good move for WWE. I don't know, frankly, if this is the right thing to do with the sheer amount of actual talent that you have on WWE right now is to introduce a legacy superstar into storyline because you have so many up-and-comers and so many very, very talented mid-carters that need push that this is going... you I mean, you talk about burying people. This is going to bury a few people if they go through
1: this process. I, I don't necessarily know that it will bury people, although Hogan is the master of burying other people but at the, and getting himself over. Uh, and really, the main problem here had nothing to do with anything else, else other than the fact that he was caught on tape saying the n word about his daughter's boyfriend, and that was the major issue. And that's something that I personally don't think, if they bring him back, that he will be active for a while. I think he'll start off as, as an ambassador role, going around teaching other people how he can, how they can learn from his mistakes, that kind of thing and then eventually phase back in or, or show up every once in a while, I don't think it's going to be a regular uh, occurrence. I think it's going to be a slow build into that. At least that's what I think they should do. I, I definitely think that's a lot of that is still very raw, how people feel about that. And yeah. as much as he is a massive part of wrestling history and WWE history, um, they, you know, they were really quick to drop him when that stuff came out. So I don't think that it's like they're suddenly going to just be like, okay, well, that's, that's done with, great. Now well, we can move on. So, uh, so we'll see don't don't get your uh don't get your knickers in a twist yeah. just yet we still have no idea what capacity he will be involved in and we will have to just wait and see
0: well that's our show uh. this week guys uh look uh, there's so much big news tonight I, oh wait no we're not done yet we still got to talk about you the
1: other son thing. of a I,
0: <laughs> I've, you tricked me oh all right well uh let's go talk about everything else that happened this week starting with monday night raw
1: So starting off this week on Monday Night Raw, we have to talk about the opening segment, which was the suspended Roman Reigns reappearing in the ring uh, and telling Kurt Angle, who was giving a speech, that uh, he wasn't going to leave until Brock Lesnar came out and faced him in the ring because Brock Lesnar is a, a lazy bum who doesn't ever show up, and Roman Reigns shows up all the time, and where's Brock Lesnar? And I'm not leaving. And so Kurt scuttles off to the back, and out comes some... U.S. Marshals uh, to handcuff Roman and lead him from the arena. And uh, instead of being led away, Roman, of course, elbows a bunch of U.S. Marshals in the head, takes them out, and while handcuffed in the ring, uh, Brock Lesnar comes out, beats the stuffing out of him forever uh, until the the paramedics come out, put Roman on a stretcher, and take him away. Uh, but Brock tips over the cart on the way out and beats him up some more, and then they take Roman away for good. Uh, mm. So that's the breakdown of this segment. I I'm so sad I have to talk about this after talking about the the elated news of, of Daniel Bryan coming back. Uh, but yeah, that was what started off Raw this week. Nick, what do you what did you think about I'm,
0: this? I'm intentionally being quiet over mm-hmm. here I know, because I can sense it. this made me hot. This made me, not the good kind of hot, but this made me boil. And after a couple of weeks where we had really good stuff going on it, with, it centered around Roman Reigns, and I was starting to get on board with this whole idea of Brock not no-showing all the time and Roman being able to call that out in a very emotional kind of way, and it wasn't the pouty face kind
1: of, mm, yeah, I'm Roman Reigns. Mm. Why isn't Brock here, huh? What's he, he going to be doing? What, why am I here all the time, huh? Welcome
0: yeah. back, pouty-faced, bullshit, Roman Reigns. Oh, and uh, to your point, U.S. Marshals, they're an arm of the federal government. The what, judici- what are they the, doing? In, the
1: judiciary a- branch. <laughs> what, are they, what are they doing running security for a wrestling show? We
0: all know these are local jobbers that are getting paid to put on
1: costumes, okay? Fine. But they got at the 99-cent store. That's uh, the, uh, Come on. I mean, this was, I come on, okay, wrestling can be dumb, WWE can be dumb, this was Saturday morning cartoon dumb, come on, make it local PD, whatever, private security, I don't care, but you're going to tell me that US Marshals are going to come down the ramp because Roman Reigns is quote unquote. Trespassing!
0: I can't wait for this to be over. Can we please just fast forward two weeks to WrestleMania so we can rip this effing band-aid off and get this past
1: us also, so we can move on. Also nice that the referees had the, uh, the keys for the handcuffs that the federal marshals put on him. Clever. Uh, uh, so my question is, is um, wh- what, uh, how much will the lawyers cost? I, I wonder to, uh, to fight the felony assault charges that Roman will now be facing for elbowing several federal officials in the head. Uh, that's kind of what I want to know, and, yeah. uh, and and how how long before Roman Reigns gets out of jail, uh, federal prison for, for these uh, assault charges? Anyway, I, dumb. This was dumb, 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 and then uh, in addition to have you know Brock come out and just beat him down. Fine, that gets some heat, but it's not as engaging as.
0: Oh, man, he looked stupid. It it made Roman Reigns look completely stupid and helpless. Well, here's
1: what what it didn't do. It did not make him sympathetic. It made him look like an entitled whiny brat who's breaking the rules to try and prove that he's in the right. And there's there's an obvious correlation with Stone Cold being led away by cops back in the 90s. Sure, sure. They're always trying to recapture that moment and this was another example of that you know they've had people arrested over the years throughout th- since then they're always trying to recapture that you kind know, of that that holy crap moment and this was not it at all this was this this was missing so many elements that allowed that to happen uh one of them was believing that the guy getting handcuffed and led from the ring didn't deserve it because at the time stone cold had a legit gripe his boss was legitimately screwing him over and he was told if you strike the boss, you'll get arrested. And he was like, you know what? Screw it. I'm going to hit this guy because screw him. And we could all relate to that. We can't relate to this. This doesn't feel relatable. This doesn't feel like something we can look at and go, yeah, man, I'm really on Roman's side on this. No, we're like, dude, just in no way. Come on. You got, you got suspended. It's BS, but it's not, it's not the kind of BS that you then, come back into the company that you say you represent and you're the locker room leader of and act like an entitled brat, stop the entire show until you get what you want. Uh, that's No, this, that, that doesn't work the same way. And this is not me saying that because I'm down on Roman Reigns, although Lord knows, I'm so bored with Roman Reigns. But this is definitely the writing of the character. Any character they did this with, I wouldn't have been sympathetic with. And it's not just me, because at the time when Roman Reigns was getting beaten up while he was strapped to the gurney, the audience was chanting at him, you deserve it.
0: That was that was the most amazing thing, and it was priceless. I think I sent a tweet out about that one. That was, to me, you could barely faintly hear it because they mute the audience a lot. They, they play with the mics in the audience a lot. But you could still make out hearing the audience chanting, you deserve it, getting, meaning getting that beat down. And I, to me, that was the deal sealer right there. Uh, I, I'm scared for the future of Monday Night Raw if they're going to saddle the show to Roman Reigns. And we're going to move past Brock at WrestleMania like we've been waiting for forever now. But if this is what we've got to look forward to. I'm I'm scared. well
1: what how about this what if I told you that after Roman beats Brock at Wrestlemania the first the wrestle uh, wrestling observer news uh, uh, speculates that the first feud will be Samoa Joe okay make you a little happier a little happier okay yeah. <laughs> Well, this segment, I think, just made another level of, of dumb cartoonishness to this whole feud. It didn't make me more excited for the match. Uh, I think that it it, def, it it was a step backwards. And they, uh, as you said, they were going in the right direction in the first week or two. This is a huge step backwards, the wrong direction. Uh, but somebody liked it because it's got 6 million views on YouTube. So uh, something else that pretty much at this point you can only see on YouTube is the ultimate deletion which we've been waiting for for however long. Finally, they're allowing Matt Hardy to Better bring, part of a year now. bring his vision, his actual vision to WWE. They've tried to rip it off a couple of times with uh, New Day versus the Wyatt family at the compound and and uh, Randy Orton and, and Bray in the House of Horrors match. They've tried to rip it off. They've never done it successfully. Matt did it this week, but it wasn't on the hulu edition it was only on the live version if you want to watch it on www.com you have to put the pieces together cuz they broke it up into five different segments I, I can only imagine it's because they want it to they want to get those youtube clicks and get that ad money from people watching it on youtube but this is just frustrating really and and when you come couple it with the fact that on the live show uh right before it the first thing that that happened before you see it was Michael Cole saying, well, what we're going to see next is obnoxious. And even Corey Graves is like, what the hell are you talking about? And Michael Cole looks right in the camera goes, I'm sorry for what you're about to see. And then we cut to ultimate deletion. Now, again, we don't know exactly how much it, Michael Cole writes his own script, but we assume that most of what he says is basically Vince. He's Vince's mouthpiece. Yep. Uh, And, if that's what Vince thinks of this, then why even do it at all, man? Like, come on. It's Why why bomb it before it actually happens? Um, in addition, I'm frustrated with that because this the ultimate deletion is the best thing that Matt Hardy has done since he's come back. Agreed. It's also the best thing that Bray Wyatt has done in years. Agreed. It was absolutely everything that this feud needed and both of those characters needed. Knocked it out of the park. Not as good as Final Deletion, the very first one with just Jeff and Matt, but definitely up there. It was one of the better ones that, they, that they've done
0: compared to them laughing at each other on the Tron. Yeah, this is
1: night and day. And they even said in Ultimate Deletion at one point, "The laughing is over." Yeah, now it's time to you know fight. It was it was great, and there was so much. There was character building in that. Uh, there was a lot of story that was going on. There was a lot of kind of subtle. Uh, I, I want to even say like meaningful if I can even use that word as something this kooky and loony uh, when it came to Bray Wyatt's character and how they called back to his character, his origins, um, aspects of his history and who he was. And then ultimately, ultimately at the end to have, uh, you know, senior Benjamin pop out from underneath the dilapidated boat and throw a little globe into Bray's hands. So he finally is holding the whole world in his hands before he gets dumped in the lake of reincarnation. And, uh, disappears, which by the way, if you don't know anything about the deletion series and you just heard me say all that, you're probably going, what the actual hell is going on, which is kind of the point. That yeah. is the point of the deletion stuff that Matt Hardy does is it's just so goony and so out there, uh, but it's a lot of fun.
0: Well, let's switch gears and talk about Bray for a second. I think one of the things that they did really well in this segment is showcase the journey of Bray Wyatt, and exactly. if, if you if you remember, I know you have to dig in the memory banks quite a bit, listeners. But it's about three or maybe four years ago now, when the Wyatt family was debuting. There was a good six months of nothing but like video packages of him rocking in a chair in the barn with the lantern and all of that stuff before we ever saw them walk out onto the stage. He was terrifying
1: when he first yes. came out. It was like five years ago now. I so mean,
0: it's been a while. So they and they called back to all that. In you know, the video cutaways and stuff like that little flashback kind of things Mm -hmm. when, you know, Bray, do you remember this house? Do you remember? Does this look familiar? You know, Uh, I thought that was fantastic. And my hopes for this is kind of along the lines of what you've been saying for a long time. He needs to go away for a while and come back and reinvent. And I'm hoping that that's the angle they take off of this by throwing him into the lake of reincarnation and his corpse being gone, that maybe that was the exercising of sister Abigail. And he comes back as a new or something Bray Wyatt, just, yeah,
1: whether it's a new Bray Wyatt, he's still Bray Wyatt, but is completely different in his presentation or even mostly different, or if it's, it's a whole new character or whatever. Whatever he whatever he's been doing is not working anymore, and largely it's their booking of him because with what he had started with, and this is I mean we're we're just rehashing what we said about Bray for the for the entire length of this podcast, You're right? The entire time we've been running this podcast, we've been saying the same thing: uh, is that Bray is dead. The character is dead. It put it put a stake in it. It's over. Um, and they've just been spinning their wheels on it. He's just been sinking deeper and deeper and deeper over the course of the last year and arguably the last few years because yeah. he just can't win big matches. And once they and split up
0: the Wyatt family that for me that was kind of the line in the sand. But I remember them being a powerhouse when the three of them were together unstoppable and
1: it worked well as a sort of entourage or a faction. It began when he lost to John Cena at WrestleMania 30. That was when it began because that was the big match where if he could have done something to to turn Cena, we would have all believed in his sort of cult personality. Yeah, okay, uh, and then it was then he kept losing matches and losing matches, and it was just a downhill slide with with moments of like, oh, maybe they'll save it. No, yeah. so again, I you know I don't want to belabor this too late, but I think that this was a good way to send off the character. Um, I definitely feel like I've been down on this feud because I've worried that people aren't into it. Uh, and obviously, backstage might have the same kind of feelings. Yeah. But this was... I really enjoyed this. Mm-hmm. And I thought that this was everything that I wanted from this. I just wish everyone on Hulu could see it too. Me too. And we did get a Brother Nero cameo. Yes. I, I know you probably jumped out of your seat when you I saw did. the Brother Nero pop up. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, apparently... Yes! Yes, apparently uh, Jeff Hardy, uh, no real repercussions from his DWI arrest. He's working out the Performance Center, so we might see some Brother Nero come WrestleMania. Just saying, just saying. Uh, Another segment we have to talk about, the intercontinental title picture. Uh, Miz coming out again, acting like Rodney Dangerfield, saying he gets no respect. No respect at all. No respect at all. Uh, everyone else is having their their matches, and he's got to have this two-on-one match because he's the Intercontinental Champion. It's just not fair. It's not fair at all. And he's got to face these two indie darlings in Tyler Black and Prince Nevitt. Uh, I I don't know if he intentionally screwed up Finn Balor's indie name, <laughs> and I kind of like that I don't know. I, I, I like the fact that he might have intentionally, like, Jerichoed it, you yeah. know? Just been like, yeah, whatever, Tyler, Tyler Gray and Prince Nevin. <laughs> I like that. I like that he might have intentionally screwed it up, um, but I do like the fact he's positioning himself as the company guy against the indie guys, right? Uh, he's he's getting the hardcore fan heat from doing that. I and I I dig his tactic on that. He's he's once again putting himself in a great position here. Uh, and then we had. I, I, what, I, something I didn't think was the right direction to heat up this match, and that was having a six-man tag match between uh, the, the Balor Club, Finn Balor and uh, Gallows and Anderson, and Miz and the Taraj. Well, I want to say something about this real quick, because this is kind of the
0: original feud that feels right. And and I know Finn inserted himself late because Rollins came out and asked for his WrestleMania opportunity and this that's how we got here and then Finn came out. But the the Ballard Club with the three some of them facing off against the Mistourage, Seth Rollins feels like the fifth wheel. And it's it's as much as I want to see Finn and Seth have another feud, which I think we will get at some point, once one of them gets the belt, I, I just it feels like too much right now. I, I enjoyed Gallows and Anderson and and the Miz wrestling with each other. I enjoy them being relevant as in ring performers. And I think this does make them all relevant. I just wish it was one on one, Ms. Finn, or one on
1: one, Ms. Seth, at WrestleMania. I'm or i getting, or I'm I'm right getting now.
0: tired of the triple threats and the six packs and the well, the issue more is, is that, that
1: is that both brands their their matches are mirroring each other. You know, when we have a a second tier uh, like mid card title where all the most important mid carders are having a three way match. We've got. Uh, two women's matches where you have a strong, nearly unbeatable, uh, woman versus a overexposed blonde. Uh, you know, <laughs> <laughs> good way to put it. Uh, but it's, you know, when uh, you can go down the list, the only real difference is you've got Shinsuke and Nakamura on one's Shinsuke Nakamura and, and, uh, AJ on one side and Brock and Roman on the other, but there's a lot of other mirroring matches. Uh, you even have two battle Royals for crying out loud. Um, but the, the thing is with this particular, I like this three way. I like the dynamic here. My only issue is that this week, because Finn was having was on a team against Miz and his team, Finn and having Seth on commentary during it, it made Seth feel, in my opinion, kind of more of like the the more interesting character, like the 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 wild card. Yeah, right. Uh, Same his, way it
0: felt going into uh, Elimination Chamber.
1: Yeah, and and even the way that it felt, it's been feeling this whole feud where where Finn is reactionary to a lot of the things that Seth does. Uh, and Seth is kind of driving a lot of the feud. Miz has his own take on it. Seth is driving it. And Finn's just kind of there, yeah. bouncing around. And when Seth wins at WrestleMania, you can come back and, and listen to this, where they're even kind of showing their hand that Seth is the more important one of the two faces in this triple threat. Uh, and I'm I'm a little frustrated by that, but at the same time, I'm really looking forward to this match.
0: I'm just big fans of Gallows and Anderson, and I like seeing them wrestle. So uh, you know that that's really where this comes down, to, and the Mysterage as well. I love Curtis Axel and, and Bo Dallas, so that's where my weak spot is. I'd love to see those factions have a legit feud. But I, with with Seth in the picture, it's it's going to be more hyper-focused on the three of them rather than the factions.
1: Yeah, and that's why I want, I want to get it back to the three of them. I didn't want to do the six-man this week. I wanted to have it just be the three of them, okay. their dynamic, let's get back to that, and let's keep them all on equal footing from now until WrestleMania. That's what I hope. Uh, speaking of people on equal footing, so Alexa Bliss came out to apologize for uh, what she said about Nia Jax last week. Uh, she said that she was sorry she got caught... Uh, It was just girl talk, you know, just locker room, locker room, locker room talk. talk. (laughs) Sorry, just girl talk. That's a whole different scandal where someone got overheard saying something they shouldn't have said. Right. Um, This was some God tier heel work because she's in the middle of apologizing and sounding really sweet and just really sad about the things she said. And then, boom, she turns on the heel and goes, no, I'm not. I'm not sorry for all of this. This is come on. What do you think? I'd be sorry for this. No, Naya sucks. I hate her. Meh." All of them just ruins runs her down again. And then, of course, she has a match with Oscar, uh, which unsurprisingly, Naya interrupts and chases her out of the place. It's a shame. It was a good match. I was enjoying it. Right. Yeah. And it was the match we were supposed to get at, uh, at WrestleMania. Yeah. Um, or, you know, they were they were swerving us to think we were going to get at WrestleMania. So I still didn't think they should have had it because it doesn't make sense for her to fight Oscar if she now she doesn't have to. Correct but whatever it was fine it was a match it happened naya chased her off alexa went to the back complaining about naya to kurt and this is a this is the part of this whole segment that i liked the most okay it was alexa saying you got to do something about naya you got to suspend her get her out of here and kurt says on the contrary i think i think the things that you've said and think the way that you treated her kind of suck and i've got daughters and they want their women's champ to be a role model and that's not what you are right now you're a bully and frankly, I don't like bullies. And so therefore, I'm going to put you against Nia Jax at WrestleMania. How do you like that? I loved that. Mm-hmm. I loved that angle that, I mean, he kind of buffed the middle of it, but I liked where he went with it, where he made it about the women's championship being held by someone who represents uh, the values that that belt should represent and that it's an anti-bullying angle now. It's about uh, Alexa being a bully Naya being bullied for how she looks, for her size and all of that, and wanting to get, you know, her comeuppance on Alexa Bliss, this mean girl. They're literally going for a mean girl's angle. And I dug how they presented this 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 aspect of it.
0: it. It was it was tasteful and not in it was it was mean girl exactly. z, but it had taste and class. Yes.
1: right? It, it was the
0: good sticking up for the bad in a way. And I love I love that angle. I'm and I'm, I'm of course this is what we this was the match we knew we were going to get as soon as we found out Asuka was going to Charlotte. This one's a no brainer. Yeah. Um. So I'm not I wasn't surprised by it. I was waiting for that ball to drop. If I'm being honest, but. Yeah, it, it, call it the anti-bullying match.
1: Yeah, for WrestleMania, sure. Fine, I'm, I'm, I'm. That's cool. I, I'm, I, I dig the, uh, I dig the angle they found for this match. Yeah. Uh, as opposed to just having like ex-friend against ex-friend.
0: I wish Nia would stop screaming though, because it's it's terrifying. I, I actually <laughs> get scared and have to turn lights on because it that's sounds. It's kind of like a velociraptor man. just going crazy.
1: A three hundred pound velociraptor Whew. who could kill you, Nick. Oh. She could bench press you.
0: Speaking of 300 pounds, let's talk about Braun Strowman. (laughs) Uh, Apparently, he is going to have a two-on-one. He's going to wrestle as a tag team, but he's got to find a partner now. Last week, coming off the back of that, I thought that Braun Strowman might actually compete individually for the tag team championships. And part of me went, I'm on board with that. That's kind of cool. Seeing Braun walk out with both of the belts, one on each shoulder, there's something cool about that. But now this week, we found out that he has to have a partner, and we are we have yet to find out who that partner is going to be. You hinted at the top of the show, potentially,
1: <laughs> I as don't, a stretch. I don't think it's going to be Hogan. I just think that would be Kogan. fun. Wouldn't it be funny if? Obviously, at this point, we can now start speculating on who Braun Strowman's partner is going to be? You I want to know mine. I said Kurt Hawkins last week. What's what? Who, who do you think? James Ellsworth. If you think Ellsworth's going to come back, that maybe. would be a nice way to complete the circle. Yes, wouldn't it? Yes. Ellsworth started his career in WWE by being a jobber to Braun, and now Braun brings him in. I mean, Ellsworth is going to be in New Orleans on WrestleMania weekend. I'm just saying. I'm just saying too. That would be a good one. <laughs> I like that. I I personally think like you know maybe think this week like. Who could Braun get that would have, like, already have heat with Sheamus and Cesaro? Like, who is their nemesis? Okay. And I'm trying to think of, like, who Cesaro's had the biggest beef with in the last six months to a year. And I'm thinking WrestleMania, Braun just comes out with a beach ball.
0: Oh, see, that's good. Like a stitched up beach ball. And just kind of sits it on the ring. He's kind coast. of like,
1: he's like stitched up where Cesaro ripped him apart. And, yep. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So let me get this straight. We're going to have Mark Henry inducted in the Hall of Fame by the hand that Mae Young gave birth to in the 90s, and then we're going to have Braun Strowman tag-teaming with a beach ball.
1: That's correct, sir. Inanimate objects are over with me today. By the way, while we're talking about the bar, can I just take a second to call out their brilliant promo before this match? Go for it. Where they came out and they were heckling Braun Strowman. Sure. uh, Because that was... That was brilliant. I mean, they, they was they were having so much fun with that. They even you know m- like made it seem like they they opened themselves up to take a sh- like people to take a shot at them because they said, oh, when you're a tag team, you have to be on the road together. You got to eat together. You got to sleep together. Not like that. Not like that, you animals. You know, <laughs> come on, grow up. I, and then they had like they had Rick and Morty reference. They had a Mighty Boosh reference, which of course makes sense because they do have a Mighty Boosh sticker on their on their outfits. Yeah. It's a patch, not a sticker. Thank you. It's but here's the thing. I that's one subtle thing about the bar that even his heels like they're they're over with me because man they hit all of my nerd stuff. They do the Dragon Ball Z pose. They've got Mighty Boosh patches. Uh, you know, come on, man. These guys are, are 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 nerds, and I love them.
0: Sure, but neither one of them have anything for Braun Strowman. Let's be completely clear. So- no,
1: and Braun did crush Cesaro here, as we yes. kind of knew he would. And next week he'll probably crush Sheamus. Yeah, and then we'll sorry go Sheamus forward. is back. <laughs> yeah, And then we'll go forward, knowing that he can beat each of them individually. He can beat the entire tag team division by himself. Uh, what's a partner gonna do except to make it look like they might actually beat his partner at WrestleMania, thereby beating him. Yep. You know, so that's the way they keep the tag t- titles off of him by which having is less some, exciting to me. I think, I, it's, I think having Braun face most Mo- at this, at this point, if that's where we're at, if that's where we're at, sorry, you've given me that idea in my head and now I kind of want it, even though I think it's dumb to give Braun the tag titles and it's bad for the tag team division. Part of me wants it now. It's kind of there already. You know, part of me wants it. Like, don't let it last for too long, but that's funny, that's fun. Uh, but I, it's, it's dumb. As I said last week, I don't know which side of this to come down on because there's the, there's the purist in me that says that's dumb. And then there's the sports entertaining guy. That's like, no, nah, that would be pretty, that would be pretty fun. Yep. So,
0: well, Hey, speaking of fun, let's talk about, uh, Cena calling out taker part two. I thought we were going to talk about something fun. Uh, this wasn't fun. This was this borderline got cringy. If I'm being honest, borderline. With you. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it was still John Cena esque entertaining kind of stuff. This took but- a
1: running leap into cringy, as yeah. far from where I was sitting. You know, Edge on his podcast, on the Edge and Christian podcast, they called last week's promo hokey. If last week's promo from John Cena was hokey, this this week's was a full on circus. This was Wisconsin sharp cheddar. <laughs> This was brutal. Uh just him saying, you know, Undertaker, you're a coward, you're not coming out and, and facing me. And I wish that that was because when I say it, it sounds oh ooh. But no, the way that John Cena presented it, it was downright Nickelodeon. It was just weird. And then on top of it, when he's waiting for an answer in by the way, Texas, Taker's home state. Right. Um although isn't he isn't he actually from Tombstone, Nevada, or something like that. I don't know, but uh, <laughs> <I laughs> double check myself on that. The fact that I don't know that off the top of my head makes me question my wrestling cred. Uh, but no, so he's in Texas. He calls out Taker. He's waiting for an answer. I want an answer. And out comes Kane. Kane. Out comes Kane to to, Great. to, to choke slam him. To
0: stand there for ten minutes while everybody looks around and sure tr- people try to figure Boy, out what's the happening.
1: The audience felt deflated at that point. They, everyone's coming out the door uh, Great. and now we have a match. On? We have a match. John Cena versus Kane next week. Oh my God. The only, the <laughs> only thing that's, the only thing that will save it is if Taker comes out at yeah. the end or if there's a bong and everything goes purple and that's how the match ends, you know, something, uh, something, something Taker has to happen next week. Kane comes out with a coffin. Uh, there's, I mean, I, I people are already starting to say, wow, is it going to be Kane versus Cena at WrestleMania? Yeah, that's what, that was my
0: thought and at the end of the show. I was like, ooh, really?
1: Ooh, that would be, that would be a debacle, a debacle. It's the
0: best we can do. Yeah. For John be-
1: Cena. That being said, let me take another tack and say, okay, let's say Undertaker doesn't want to work a match solo. Cause he's, you know, aches and pains, whatever. What if it was brothers of destruction versus Cena? And it was Kane and Undertaker. Cause I could get nostalgically happy. I mean, Undertaker alone is—I'm nostalgically happy. Undertaker and Kane together again as the brothers of destruction against Cena. I could get down with that.
0: You say so you think Cena would be willing to do a two-on-one handicap match just to get to Taker if he had to get through Kane first? I,
1: I think it would be—it bo- would be a more monumental match to have Taker versus Cena. I think that would be the 100%. ideal. Yep. I, that would be the ideal. If they ended up giving us Brothers of Destruction versus Cena. I wouldn't be mad at it. I'll put it that way. I wouldn't be mad at it. Uh, Just as long as there's pyro. There's not going to be pyro. Actually, there might be a WrestleMania. WrestleMania. That's true. There might be. I don't know. Uh, Anyway, next year. Speaking of
0: things that don't get pyro uh, or even put on the Hulu edition, let's talk about the revival. They got a win.
1: They did get a win, but over Titus Worldwide. So it's kind of, you know.
0: It is what it is, sure. But it's a win's a win because wins count, right?
1: Well, yeah. And this is where we're (laughs) going to begin a section that we call uh, everyone's in the arm bar, right? Everyone's in the uh, Andre the Giant Battle Royale. Uh, The Revival put their hats in the ring for the arm bar. Say they're going to be the first tag team to win it. I don't know how it's going to work, but okay, guys, great. Uh, And that's what this segment was all about, was just they're in the arm bar.
0: Well, hey, speaking of battle royales and matches at WrestleMania, are we actually going to get Bayley and Sasha because they lost to absolution this week?
1: They did because at this point their their friendship is so uh, tore up that they can't even work together as a tag team. Fine, we're slow building this fall apart of their friendship. What I'm hoping is it finally culminates in the women's battle royale at WrestleMania where they, they finally you know start actually fighting each other. And then we can move forward from there with an actual storyline with the two of them on the main roster because there really isn't a place for them to. I, there's not enough time to build it before WrestleMania to a decent match, and I don't. I don't think it would have a good payoff, and there's no room on the card. Yeah. So at this point, well, the
0: question I, is, what do you do with Absolution at that point? Because they put them in, the,
1: would... in the women's battle Royale and let them do stuff. That's all there is. We're gonna talk. I mean this. We're about to get to Smackdown live at half. That show was by the way, they're in one of the battle Royales. Okay, great. Moving on. That's that was half that show. So uh, if we're already talking about it, we was might as well move on and talk about Smackdown live.
0: Okay, we're back. We can talk about Daniel Bryan again. Okay. We yes. got past that raw uh. stuff. All right. Okay. Back to the big news of the week. Daniel Bryan opens the show. Well, actually, we opened with a video package uh, narrated by uh, Tom Phillips saying it was all of this stuff. The press blew up. Tweet storm city, city everything going on. Running
1: down his whole history. Yes, and, yeah.
0: beautiful, beautiful video package to open up SmackDown. Well done. And then Daniel Bryan comes out and just the crowd erupts. Like I haven't heard since he won at WrestleMania. I don't
1: know how the crowd. I mean, he was he gave about an eight or nine minute speech. Yep. I don't know I'm, how the crowd was sitting down okay i was looking in the audience i'm like everyone's sitting down i'm like how are you guys sitting down i'm standing up and i'm in my house how are you sitting down for this and they were they were live when they had to be like you know some there was yes chance i'm not gonna lie i expected a lot more yes chance i expected the crowd to be a lot more hype but uh just ask ty dillinger that's just dallas yeah um <laughs> but yeah so i don't know whatever i i, I was i was hype as hell um, and the 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 moment that the crowd really lit up was when Daniel Bryan at the end of his speech said something like, you know, now it's just a matter of what do I do next? And where do I do it? And where do I do it? And didn't even move. He kind of like looked down a little bit and the everyone in the crowd just stood up and started pointing at the WrestleMania sign. Even
0: the WWE universe is pointing at the everyone WrestleMania the sign now. Like They're all,
1: oh, the WrestleMania. And Daniel Bryan kind of like slyly looks to the side and looks at the sign and kind of goes, oh, yeah. yeah, you think that's a good idea, guys? That was a that was a fantastic moment. So he
0: closed it out by saying that he needed to speak with Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn, but that they oh, yeah. had
1: not arrived yet. Right? <clears throat> because who doesn't arrive for a show? Right? You know? Oh no, I'm going to show up to the show I'm supposed to be at halfway through. It's not like they, like they haven't been there for two days already. You know yeah. i only I only show up to my job halfway through some of the time. Yeah. Oh yeah, of course. Whatever. It's fine. <laughs> We'll run, get
0: back to all that at the end of SmackDown Live. Run with
1: it. Run with it. No, well, let's do it right now. Let's, let's talk about it because okay, Daniel, right. Daniel Bryan bookended this show, and the show really, at the end of the day, was all about Daniel Bryan.
0: I, I got to be honest. I don't remember much about this episode of SmackDown Live except for the, the front and the back.
1: And that's kind of my point is that, that was that was the meat and potatoes. That was the scintillating, electrifying stuff. This feud that has been going on for the better part of a year between Kevin Owens, Sami Zayn, Shane McMahon, and Daniel Bryan, this ongoing weird kerfuffle, it's back, baby. It's paying off a lot of the stuff that, that has been building and building and building. I, I, it's funny because it's not going the way that I thought it would go just because it's taken so long and there's been so many other elements that have that have come in, so many wrinkles that have come into this uh, because they had to just delay and delay and delay. Uh, but here's here's the bottom line. It's last week when Kevin and Sammy put out Shane McMahon and gave him what the announcers referred to as uh, laryngeal contusions, rhomboid trapezial contusions and strains, <laughs> which basically means they gave him bruises on his neck and bruises on his upper back. Like, come okay. on. Yeah, they, yeah, they're trying to make it sound all serious. It's like, yeah, he got some bruising. He's home resting. Calm down, WWE. Uh, <laughs> Jesus. So Shane's out, uh, and this week Kevin and Sammy have to come to the ring and and talk to Daniel Bryan at the end of the show, and Daniel essentially admits, like, you know what, guys, I was kind of living vicariously through you, like Shane was. Shane was right, like Shane admitted last week that he was wrong uh, in getting too involved, and he recused himself from being commissioner. I'm now saying I was wrong, and I was living through you guys too much, and I don't approve of your guys' tactics, and I especially don't approve of you guys coming into work and beating up your boss. Like you cannot do that. I love you guys, but you can't do that. So you're fired. And he fired Kevin Owens and Sami Zayn. And my God, Nick, the acting in this section, between all of them, like it riveting. Yes. riveting, top line. When they call, like, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of wrestlers who cannot act. And here's the thing. In modern wrestling, I, because it's so story-driven, modern WWE, modern sports entertainment, let me clarify. It is so story-driven that you almost, I'm surprised they don't have acting classes at the performance center. I bet they do. But I, but I mean, how professional are these acting classes? Power time, speaking
0: kind of stuff. You know? But it's,
1: that's the thing. It's, it's more promo class as opposed to yeah. acting. Yeah. You know? You can't. Uh, I don't know if they teach what these three guys are able to do, what, what they did in this segment. The way that Kevin and Sammy reacted to a guy they thought was their friend firing them and the betrayal, and the hurt, and everything, and and Daniel Bryan with the mixed emotions. I've said Daniel Bryan's been doing incredible performances, nuanced performances for the last six months with this whole angle. Yep. And this whole segment was just, I, I, I was glued. And then when they stopped and jumped Daniel Bryan and started beating him up, I had this mix of excitement and like terror. Like, oh, God, don't hit him. It's Daniel. You can't hit Daniel Bryan. Don't like, hurt him yet. Wait. You can. Oh, he's and cleared. I, I, yeah. And it's funny. So before I watched SmackDown, I saw a GIF online or a GIF or whatever. GIF. Okay. GIF. Uh, where he was, it, just, it was just a GIF of one of the moves that happened uh, in, this, in this beat down where uh, Kevin and Sammy are beating down Daniel Bryan. He fights back. They end up overwhelming him and beating the crap out of him. And it was Daniel Bryan giving Sami Zayn, I believe, a dragon suplex, uh, a nasty snap dragon suplex. And, you know, just old-school Daniel Bryan and Sammy, of course, being a god and being able to take these kinds of things. It looked great, and I'm not going to lie, it made me emotional just to see Daniel Bryan giving this very technical wrestling move. And when I was watching this section of SmackDown and he was doing the old corner drop kicks and flying from corner to corner the way that he does um, and giving the yes kicks, and, you know, they, they gave him those... Those moments, they gave him those spot moments. Yep. Um, and just the, the way the three of them worked together, you know, these old school indie guys, the way they worked together was just, it was, it was an emotional moment just to see him get action again. And I can't think of two better guys to give him his first action after all this time than Kevin and Sammy. Agreed. It was, it was fantastic. I'm
0: glad you brought that up because that's one of the things I wanted to harp on as well is that I, I can't, I mean, think of, what, think of what Kevin Owens has done in the last year. Uh, his, his bout with AJ back and forth with the U.S. title, uh, head-butting Vince McMahon. Hell in a Cell. Uh, the Hell in a Cell with Shane, uh, and now getting to kind of reintroduce Daniel Bryan to in-ring performance. Man, uh, I just, I can't think of two better guys to have done that with Daniel Bryan. Amen. And Daniel even called back to the 300-person you know, armories and, and VAs oh, where yeah. you would do,
1: you know. Hey, hey, guys, remember 10 years ago when we used to, you know, we used to, you know, you guys, he said one of the things he said is, oh, you guys uh, had a match. You had it all. Shane gave you a match against each other at WrestleMania when we were all back in the 300-person armories 10 years ago. Wasn't that the dream? You had it and you threw it away. Yeah. Uh, the Great, great stuff. Yep. Great stuff, man. Um I I, yeah, I'm I'm lost for words. That's how that's how much I love the segment and the fact that they uh, end up giving Daniel a apron powerbomb, you know, quote unquote injuring him on his first night back able to wrestle like I thought that was brilliant.
0: (laughs) What a way to you know, first night back. Welcome back. Yeah, uh, and you're getting taken out on a stretcher.
1: So here we have Shane out with an injury. Daniel potentially out with a quote unquote injury or whatever. He's going to be hurt and Kevin and Sammy are fired. Uh, obviously, we can all assume there's going to be a match at WrestleMania. Uh, but how are they going to do that in the next two weeks? How, what's it going to be? That remains to be seen. Shane and Daniel Bryan versus Kevin, Kevin and, and Sammy. Sammy. That's the speculation right now. I would love to see it be a ladder match, as I've been saying oh. for weeks and weeks. Ladder match. Last week, I speculated uh, it could be a ladder match where the contract is hanging above the ring. Yeah. But last week, they weren't fired. Now they're fired. And now it makes sense to have the contract up there. If they, if they, Kevin and Sammy get it, they're hired again. The career match. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Careers on the line. So that, we'll see. Uh, at this point, I'm, I'm all in. I'm so happy Daniel's back and I'm so happy he's in this angle. Seeing him, at, even if Shane's involved, I don't care yeah. if him and Kevin and Sammy get to wrestle at WrestleMania, I, I would have loved the Kevin and Sammy match. Don't get me wrong. Daniel Bryan as well. Oh my God. Yeah. Yes. I'm please. all in. Yes. Yes
0: yes hey did anything else happen worth talking about on smackdown live or was this just
1: (laughs) i mean you mentioned nakamura and rusev that's worth talking about again exactly again really i mean here's the thing rusev is having consistently some of the best matches with nakamura that we've seen they are great together they're fantastic together uh but at the same time once again rusev just playing heel And Nakamura is beating him clean, and that's it. Well, the point of this whole match for me was
0: last week AJ Styles had a match where Nakamura was on commentary, and he was getting beat down, but Nak took his time coming to the ring uh, to quote unquote rescue him. But he did rescue him. But he did come in and rescue AJ Styles. This week AJ Styles was on commentary while Nakamura was fighting Rusev, and of course, in the end, Nakamura rolls up Rusev for the win just before Aiden English gets in and starts beating him down. And then the two of them are just having a go at Nakamura. Meanwhile, AJ Styles is sitting ringside.
1: Taking his time.
0: I I guess I'll stand up. And here, let me take my belt off, and I'll hand it to (laughs) Corey Gray. Here, hold that for me, Corey. Take my jacket off. And and by the time he gets ready to go, he takes one step forward. Nakamura is beating the both of them down and is looking back at him going, I don't need your help. Yeah,
1: I'm good. this is this is I, I think Nakamura is really coming around with a lot of his physicality. He's getting more clean with what he's portraying. He looks cool. You know what I mean? He's got that kind of cool air back again. He doesn't look quite as lost, um, which he did when he first came to the main roster, where yeah. he's kind of like trying to figure out, oh, OK, how do I play this? He's more he feels more confident. Yeah. Uh, and this was a great character moment for him, even though we know now that it's probably because AJ's rehabbing his injury and they can't have him get any action. It was a cool character moment to have Nakamura you know get rid of these two guys as much as it's not good for rusev day it's still good for him to to look like yeah, yeah yeah i don't need any help buddy it's all good i got this and the way that kind of throws aj off his game a little bit and then going to the backstage segment where nakamura uh comes up to aj and aj goes yeah 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 i know you're gonna beat me at wrestlemania nakamura goes hey man have some more confidence but yeah i'm gonna beat you at wrestlemania with knee to face yeah <laughs> I, I mean, like
0: that. That's he's got a thing now. That's his, he's got a shtick or a saying or that's whatever. That's gonna be it is. a shirt. That's gonna yep. be a shirt. Knee to face. Need
1: to face. Uh, but I like that. It's make. It's getting under AJ's skin. AJ looks like he's a little off balance with Nakamura. It's it's good character building, even while uh, you know AJ can't really do anything physically. And and this took this was a bit of a secondary uh, program to the Daniel Bryan thing, as it should be. I know it's the I know it's the main title. But this week, yeah, Daniel Bryan should have been the, the big thing on the show. And having this be the secondary thing, they kept the angle alive. They kept us interested, added a new wrinkle. It was fine. Yeah.
0: Well, hey, another thing that was kind of just fine, we had uh, a singles match between Jimmy Uso of the Usos after they gave another fire promo, which they've become has become the norm for them. Uh, facing off against Luke Harper of the Bludgeon
1: Brothers. Yeah, this was a fun little match. We kind of knew Jimmy was going to get murdered because yep. that's just what the Bludgeon Brothers do. I'm not mad at this. I usually, you know, I'm I'm kind of down on. Oh, let's have a couple of singles matches before a tag match. Here it makes sense. Yep, they have to have singles matches because the other guys are too beaten up from from these guys beating them down. Well, that and we yep. haven't seen these two get hands
0: on each other really. And yet.
1: The, and the and as you said, the fire promo really made us excited to see them get hands on each other because they're genuinely mad at each other. Yep. They're genuinely pissed. And this whole angle is working because of this passion. And it's something that there's a a bunch of other angles going into WrestleMania that we really don't have that same passion. There's not that same passion in it. They haven't given us the same, uh, you know, that the fire in, in these angles, uh, that, that make you really excited for the match. It, it's probably going to be a good match, but it's not the same as the Usos Bludgeon Brothers New Day match where there's a genuine beef. Yeah. And you can't wait for these guys to get full strength and all get their hands on each other.
0: Well, noticeably absent this week was the New Day. I was wondering where they were they're all in this beat part to crap. The- Last okay.
1: week, Kofi and Xavier were, I mean, Xavier's half dead, according to Kayfabe, right? Okay. He got planted on those stairs and was yeah. convulsing. <laughs> Sorry, he had, uh, a what is, spinal is it? Spinal
0: thoracic Sp- contusion, I think is what it was. <laughs>
1: They love the word contusion.
0: It's uh, a bruise.
1: But to, but to speak to what I'm talking about, let's look at the U.S. title feud. Sure. Right? So this week it became official. We've got Jinder versus Bobby Roode versus Randy Orton, triple threat at WrestleMania. But who cares? I mean, it's it's probably going to be a decent match. It'll be watchable. Uh, but at the same time, it doesn't have the same feeling of importance. That the Usos' New Day and and Bludgeon Brothers uh, feud does yes because that one has it's got that history it's it, it's a not a long history but you f- you feel like those guys have genuine beef these three guys yeah they kind of don't like each other but they don't but they don't they don't respect each other right they don't respect gender uh, and Bobby and uh, Bobby and uh, Randy are kind of like well I respect him but you know he's he's got my belt and then the, there's no fire here. There's no real passion in this uh in this feud.
0: Funny enough, Jinder's the only one bringing any en-
1: energy to it, even right? though it's not that good. I mean, we don't expect Randy to bring a whole ton of energy. Sure. Uh and Bobby I'd Bobby's, expect more a little bit out of Bobby. Bobby's a little Bobby's pretty even keel. Like eh, he's he's okay. you know, he's he's Again, he's just better as a heel, but he tends to be pretty, you know, one level.
0: Let's go back a year. Would we ever be talking about Jinder being the heater in a match? You know, just to be that kind of fire plug and have bring the kind of energy that he's bringing to this, to, to a feud with Randy Orton. Right.
1: Still can't cut a coherent promo. Right. But dang, he definitely goes out there with more energy than Randy or Bobby this week. Yeah. I get credit where credit's due. Um, speaking of giving credit where credit's due, Natalia had a great match with Charlotte this week. These two ladies obviously know their stuff and they know how to wrestle. Uh, Natalia had a beef where she said Charlotte gave away her wrestle, Natalia's wrestlemania match to Asuka. So Charlotte wanted her shot. Uh, sorry, Natalia wanted her shot at Charlotte. Had a great match. Ended with what I thought, I think it's, uh, it's scaring me. I think they are—they are they're showing their hand, or they're—they're they're playing up the wrong thing. It makes me scared where they're going to go. Carmella came out to interfere with her Money in the Bank briefcase and and made it look like she was going to cash in at all of all places in the middle of this match. Caused a distraction. Uh, Tal gets the roll up. Charlotte loses and is suitably angry afterwards. But Carmella again teasing the cash in. Now the thing that made the Seth Rollins cash in at WrestleMania so good was it came out of nowhere. Yep, like there was speculation online, but they didn't hint at it at all. They didn't remind you he had the briefcase. They didn't show you that he was looking at the match. It just happened.
0: Oh, uh, the first thing you heard was during at the end of that match, the the music kick, and he comes
1: sprinting down the ramp at oh, WrestleMania. Oh, I know, I was there. Oh, I believe you, but and I mean, it was. I the remember going. Pop. Oh my god, it's the biggest pop I've ever heard live. Yeah, uh, and. And here I'm worried because having Carmella cash in legitimately at WrestleMania is, I think, the best way out of the Charlotte Oscar match, as I've said over the last few weeks. Yep. And, I, think, and I, you, I don't think you can have the first Women's Money in the Bank uh, winner fail her cash in. I mean, you can.
0: I, I agree with that completely. But, but I, I, to counter what you're saying, I, I, where you're going with this, I think they're teasing it the right way because she's cashing in on Charlotte. And I think when she comes in and does it at WrestleMania, it's going to be it's going to be on Oscar, like you've been predicting, because Oscar will have beaten Charlotte to be the right. new champion. Right. But it will be one of those slobber knocker kind of matches because those two are going to go at it. Yeah. And they're leave, both going to be injured. Down
1: right like yep. charlotte will take out one of oscar's legs or sure. something and then yeah that's what i'm hoping and i'm hoping that it will still be enough of a surprise or of of course she is oh my god of course she is kind of moments I just still don't think they should be teasing it this much. And then that's it becomes
0: thought. a chase of everybody chasing after Carmella. And Carmella is kind of the scared kitten that's running away from all well, the yeah, big you mean can have your
1: You can have your monster uh, champ over on Raw with Nia. And then you can have your chicken shit heel over on SmackDown. Yep. So I think the dynamic still works. I, I think
0: it's all going to work out just fine. I'm not worried about it at all. Uh, somebody I am worried about is Ty Dillinger. Uh, let's talk about that that match here to close. Enhan-
1: Enhancement Dillinger,
0: Enhancement Dillinger. That's a yeah. great way to put his right name.
1: in the guts of the show. We had two matches that kind of more of a seven, dude, not
0: quite a ten. Recently, oh,
1: uh,
0: now we've got you. Now Baron Corbin can't even get you in an End of Days properly. That was the one thing that stood out of this that. match. They botched the hell out of it, and of course to save it, threw him out of the ring, brought be, him back in, brought him back in, and like, all right, let's try it again, and they landed it. One two three. Baron Corbin over Ty. Ty, I don't know. It's I I had such high hopes for both of these guys, and they're kind of floundering.
1: Well, they're both in the armbar, and that was the whole point of this match being there. This the one downside of WrestleMania season is that on one side you have these feuds that are ready to go, and you're building them, even though some of them may already be like too ready to go. You really have nothing to do but spin your wheels. Fine, you've still got feuds that are ready to go. On the other side, you've got people who've got nothing at WrestleMania. But you still got to fill time. So you know half the roster is going to be basically thrown into a big battle royale at WrestleMania. So all you can really do is have a whole bunch of meaningless matches with them. And that's all this was. Hey, Corbin and Ty had a match. Corbin won. By the way, they're both in the arm bar. Moving on. Uh, Becky and Naomi have a, a match against the Riot Squad. And they're all in the women's battle royale. And Becky and Naomi win. Cool. Moving on. That's just, that was the guts of this show, was matches that meant nothing and they were a bit of a slog to get through because they don't mean anything. Yeah. They're just a way to promote the fact that there's a battle royale at WrestleMania.
0: I, I feel like that it's a mistake to do that. Uh I don't know. I come down on both sides of the fence on that one. I'm I'm torn because I want to just see the stuff that matters get more time and but at the same time the superstars need to be on TV to remind
1: us that they're both there and can work. So you're saying you wanted more time on the Roman Brock segment on Monday Night Raw?
0: Oh no, 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 no! no. Oh, okay. I'm, I'm talking I'm about on SmackDown.
1: Oh, okay. Oh, they on could on have done the entire this.
0: episode on Daniel Bryan, <laughs> and I would have zero. Co- and maybe the Carmella. Tees I don't cash know in. if
1: they could have had much more. I mean, that, and, and Natalia and Charlotte had a long match. That's kind of my point. Is they've only got so much to work with there yeah and at a certain point they're just gonna i mean they've got to get the people on the roster out in front of people right in front of the audience like hey we've got becky and naomi we've got the riot squad we've got corbin we've got ty let let, we've got to trot them out even though they've got nothing really to do (laughs) so it's a downside but at at the same time at least again we had the highest of highs we may have had some lows on this week on smackdown but man the highs were real good oh yeah they were real good
0: my big concern is—is is this what we're going to have for the next two weeks while we get to WrestleMania? That's—that's that's where I come down on. But that's—that's that's just me.
1: Or maybe they'll find more to do with the main feuds, and you'll get your wish, and we'll have forty-minute Roman Reigns segments. And it'll oh be—it'll be wonderful. Forty, and then forty-minute Nia Jack segments, and you'll be so happy. It'll be great. And that—but uh, that—that being said, it is time for the news and notes segment that gives the haps with the graphs that were not on WWE's main shows. It's time for the wide world of wrestling.
0: Kicking off NXT this week, we had yet another segment of Champa not saying anything.
1: He said some things this week. Uh, yeah. He got on the mic a little bit. He's like, not coming back. Give it up. Hey, news flash: He's not coming down that ramp. He spoke a bit this week. Eh,
0: he eh, did. It was mostly tearing up signs and yelling at people in the audience. Wiping
1: his butt with a sign. Uh, wow, yeah. Mad dog and a grandma. Yep. And then she
0: looked at him with a thumbs up and then went thumbs down. That was
1: genius. She gave him the Joaquin Phoenix from Gladiator. Yes. I was very impressed with Grandma. And
0: then two steps away, he rips a big poster out of uh, what looked like a a guy with a Lucha mask on. Poor guy.
1: But all the Lucha mask came off. It's Johnny Gargano. It's Johnny Gargano in the audience. He attacked him. And immediately security was there. Not the U.S. Marshals, thank God. But uh, regular security was there to tackle Johnny and... And haul him out of the building. One of the few times we've ever seen security actually act like security and get on a dude right when something happens and effectively carry him out of a place. Well, it's
0: Florida too, so it's an open <laughs> carry state. You got to be careful. You know, you never know. <laughs> that explains a lot. Yeah.
1: Uh, but yeah, we kind of kind of called this. We said that Johnny was going to show up in a lucha mask or something like we uh, jokingly we said it like lucha Johnny was going to show up and he's like sneaking in a mask and by God he did it. Is this the right time to do
0: this now that we've got two weeks till takeover? I think it is. Yeah, I, I think well, there's enough time over the course of the next two weeks. But as we know, they've kind of taped these in advance. So does this mean we're going to get Gargano and Ciampa already in two weeks? I have no idea. I don't think so. I, I'm
1: trying not to look ahead. They he just came the off spoilers, a crutch two weeks ago. spoilers all over the internet, and I'm trying not to look at them at this point because I do want to, you know, I do want to be surprised by the build. Me too. I've already had something spoiled for me, and... To be fair, the things that have been spoiled for me are amazing, and we won't talk about them here, because I told you. Yes, you did. And what was your reaction? Uh, 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 uh. It's going to be amazing. Just trust us, uh, <laughs> but we have to wait for the next two weeks to figure out. I don't want to 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 tell guys. anybody anything. Don't tell anybody anything. No spoilers. No spoilers here, but... It's going to be amazing takeovers. There were a couple be, of hints
0: in this episode they're, they're, of NXT. They're,
1: they're throwing the hints everywhere. Yes. William Regal does have a huge announcement for next week, which will be the first half of the thing that we know that's been spoiled for us. Uh, but that aside, I have no idea if we're getting Gargano Ciampa at New Orleans. I mean, that would make the card even more insane. Yes. But I kind of feel like it's just too Early, one hundred percent agree. And I don't, I don't know if Ciampa's cleared to wrestle with his knee. Um, I wouldn't mind waiting for the next takeover, or even for the takeover at SummerSlam. Yeah, uh, to to see Gargano Champa. Long build it. Give it a long build. It deserves it. They've done such a good job with the long build on this.
0: We've got to figure out how to get Gargano back in NXT under contract again. Exactly. They're not going to do that in two weeks. So I think they we're could they, get, come on sure. do it overnight. I just don't think it's going to happen that early. I don't want it to happen that fast exactly. and be over. Yes. That's, it, it, we've spent a year waiting to get to this moment. Mm-hmm. I want to spend another year enjoying it.
1: I just drove an hour to get to a steakhouse. I'm not going to scarf down my steak. Nope. Just let, it, let me let me eat it quietly, slowly. Um, vegetarians out there might not understand this. Sure. Just think, of, think of a shiitake mushroom. Yeah. All right. So next up with the in the uh, – <laughs> I don't know either – Next up in the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic, we had another uh, match. We had Oni Lorcan and Danny Burch. They were supposed to face off against Mustache Mountain, but uh, Tyler Bate got injured. And so instead, we got Roderick Strong and his sort of surprise partner, Pete Dunn, the bruiserweight himself. This is tied for my match of the week. This was a badass match. I
0: mean, just those four names alone inside the ring are just,
1: yes. All all kinds of yes. Oh, God. I mean, you've got two Americans who can work British strong style, and you've got two dudes who kind of are British strong style. And there was some... uh, They put the strong style in British strong style. There was some slaps, some some hits, some headbutts that just looked gnarly. This was a very
0: hard-hitting, hard, hard hard-hitting match. Ultimately, uh, Roderick Strong lands the end of Heartache for the win. Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn advance. sneak in the back door in advance.
1: And they're going to face
0: sanity. Facing sanity ah. in the semifinals Ooh. of the Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic. Spicy. Interesting. Yep. Do we see Roderick Strong moving forward? Because next week, we've got Street Profits facing Authors of Pain. And I, I don't, think we got both of them next week, do we? I don't we? see any way. Oh, well, I've got two more weeks. I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't see Authors of Pain losing to Street Profits at no, this me, point. No, me. I don't either. So for the second year in a row, potentially... Authors of Pain going to the finals because they won last year's, which I did confirm. I did speak last week saying I wasn't sure if they did one last year. They did do one last year. The Authors of Pain won. Yeah, I misspoke. Um, so yes, it looks like we're gonna have Authors of Pain in the finals, and I, I can't see them putting sanity over Roderick Strong. No, and Pete No, I think
1: Roderick Strong and Pete Dunn are kind of like the Samoa Joe and Finn Balor of this year. Yeah, they're the they were the first winners, of the first, the very first one. Um, I'm not a fan of singles wrestlers being put on into, into a tag team and winning a tag team tournament. I think that kind of like what they're doing on Raw, it kind of diminishes the other yeah. tag teams. But at the same time, uh as far as storyline is concerned, it does make sense when you kind of put all of the angles together as far as, you know, who's who's got nemesis where, uh Strong and and Dunn both have beef with undisputed era. So, it would make sense for them to go ahead to the finals. But uh, again, we'll have to see. Uh, something else we'll, we'll have to see about is what uh, Cien Almas is going to do to uh, Alistair Black. Apparently, he was not happy with Alistair Black humiliating Selena Vega last week. So this week, he came out and gave a somewhat incoherent, screamy, half-Spanish, half-English promo that I, I thought kind of worked. Like, the intensity was there. I just couldn't understand what the hell he was saying. Well, to
0: quote Mara Ronaldo. He was definitely not Tranquilo. No,
1: he was not. Well and said, I, by the way, Mauro. Yeah, very clever. I nice, liked it. Nicely done. Nicely done. But
0: uh, <laughs> I, I don't know where we go from here. Why wasn't Al, why, why didn't Alistair respond? Was he not there? He's going to respond gonna see next, next week. week? We, yeah,
1: we saw a thing Bye. where he's going to respond next week. Bye. So we'll see. We'll see. But we'll uh, build
0: it. I'm in. Yep. I'm, I'm all in on That's, this doesn't this need match. to
1: be any faster than it is. Yeah. Uh, something else we're getting next week. Your boy, oh, Lars Sullivan. He's back. He's back. I don't know where he was. He was what, in his cave. What lim- <laughs> the only place troll. that man could have been? He was, was in under his, his bridge. Cave. He, was, he under was under his, his, his bridge.
0: bridge sh- you know, sharpening his teeth and you know eating meat. That's all that man could pro- can do. Jesus Christ! That sure. video package that we got for him, I would leapt out of my skin when I was. I was so happy to see that that he's coming back. We're gonna get him back and. Like we teased earlier at the beginning of this NXT round, we have some news. Well, There I, will be some and news. That's gonna be,
1: and that's going to be announced next week. We also had a video package for
0: Ricochet. Yes, uh, the king. Oh. So we are now confirmed. I didn't, don't know if we did before. He is keeping his name. He's keeping his name. I know name. we were speculating on that. And he's
1: coming soon. They, that's they had the video package saying he's coming soon. So
0: yeah, him doing all of his flippy shit, and uh, it's going to be a high flying
1: time. Oh, and uh, oh, and uh, it's going to be it's going to be good stuff when yes. he shows up. Yes, indeed. Uh, we also another match this week: Adam Cole versus Cassius Ono. Uh, another good match between these two. Something that they both, frankly, needed. That being said, Adam Cole needed this win. He beat Cassius Ono pretty clean. Yep. Um, but. Cash just needs a win at this point, too, because his stock is falling fast. Like We now know he's basically Enhancement. kind of the Dolph Ziggler of NXT where yeah. you know he's, he's built up as a big deal and he can wrestle his ass off, but he's the gatekeeper. He's the guy that everyone beats to get to the next level. Um, so they've got to find a way to get him a significant victory in the, near, in the near future, in my opinion.
0: Well, NXT this week closed out with William Regal making a special announcement that there was going to be a special announcement next week. Uh, all kinds of speculation online go around what this is going to be about. Well, all sorts. Of I know spoilers. I'm on the edge of my seat. There's also spoilers. There's spoilers. I,
1: in fact, I think www.com has spoiled it as well. Oh, so God. it's yeah.
0: It, it's- it stay off the internet if you don't know want to know <laughs> what it is. We're intentionally not saying what it is because we have both been spoiled at this point. And I I've, and it's a big deal. Guys. It's a big deal. It's, it's good. It's going to be really, really big. So I know that's not encouraging you to not go look at it, but. Don't go look at it if you want to stay true to watching it week to week. In we got to move on and talk about two hundred five live. Yes, because we're we do. Coming to the culmination of the cruiserweight championship bracket, we have that, we've had
1: the last semifinal match yes. this week. We now know what the WrestleMania like the cruiserweight championship match is going to be. Uh, but before we got to that match, we had uh, the continuation of the ongoing feud between Hideo Itami and the Lucha House Party guys. Uh, Lindsay Dorado had a one-on-one with Itami. There was a little bit of physicality after the match uh, that the tag team match they all had last week. Yep. Here's
0: Which the was thing. fantastic,
1: Well, by here's the, way. the thing. So usually when you have these, these tag matches, these kind of throwaway tag matches on these kinds of shows, there's not really anything more to it. They have a tag match, someone loses, we move on. What I'm liking about this is they're throwing all kinds of other dynamics into it. And then later in the show, they're having repercussions. This is brilliant booking. This is brilliant writing. Uh, in this particular instance, you had Itami, who's still working, kind of heel, yeah, uh, and Lindsay Dorado, who just obviously don't like each other, and Grand Metalik as well, just doesn't like Hideo Itami, and by extension Akira Tozawa, his partner. And there's this tension between them all, and the match ended up breaking down and going to a new, no contest when Metalik got involved in the match. And at the end, you had uh, Tozawa and uh, Kalisto breaking up all the other guys and trying to calm them down. So, you know, in addition to this match not ending in a, tr- a traditional way, you had other storylines going on as well. It wasn't just a throwaway, hey, here's a bunch of guys doing flippy shit match. Right. Um, and-
0: Which, let's be clear. Last week, the stars of that tag match we're Lindsay Dorado and Hideo Itami. I loved the fact that we got a singles match with them to
1: follow that up. Of course, because it makes logical storyline yes. sense. And later on in the show it made sense because Drake Maverick said he was furious that the match ended in a disqualification because some hotheads got you know lost their temper. He's like, that's not what the show is about. So as reward for Kalisto and Tazawa breaking it up, he said, you know what? After WrestleMania, we're going to have a new champion. That means we need to have more matches. We need to have more contenders. So we're going to have a number one contendership match. And as a reward for for you know being in there to break this stuff up, Tozawa and uh, um, and Kalisto will be in that contendership match along with TJ Perkins, who beat uh, a cruiserweight championship, a cruiserweight classic jobber a guy who was in cruiserweight classic, but pretty much enhancement. Yep, he beat him this week. So TJP is in the number one contendership, and then. You know, just arbitrarily because he had a good showing in the uh, in the tournament. Buddy Murphy's going to be involved, so those four oh. guys in a fatal four way for the number one contendership after WrestleMania, and I believe that's happening next week. But again, are we building baseline. the number
0: one contender too early?
1: No, I think this are is Are we perfect. doing it in parallel. No, that way you, we we have WrestleMania, and right off the bat, we know who the next opponent's going to be. I I dig this. I dig the f- and and then of course you have continuity through the show as well. Right. Uh. So th- all good stuff. And then, of course, we had the main event, Mustafa Ali versus Drew Gulak for the opportunity to be at WrestleMania and fight for the Cruiserweight Championship. To
0: face Cedric Alexander.
1: Yeah, and yeah. again, this week they both had great promos for it. You've got a really good sense of where they are character-wise with Mustafa Ali kind of being this fiery baby face. Gulak going back to his monster heel roots saying, fine, I don't like being called a goofball. You don't want me to do my PowerPoint presentations? Fine, I'm going to go out there and kill people. And that's pretty much what he did in this match was, you know, they had a pretty, they had a technical match that was hard hitting. They both, you know, got on each other's nerves. And then at a certain point, Gulak just lost it and started beating the absolute crap out of Mustafa Ali outside the ring and fan, by the way, credit to Mustafa Ali. They had a count going and usually they come in right on the count of nine. He came in on nine and nine ninths. That was, it was right. It was to the point where the audience started going, that was 10. That was 10. No, 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 no. He was in, but man, it was close. It was good. It was good. And then came in and avoided the dragon sleeper, ended up putting on a DDT and the 054 for the win. Mustafa Ali sneaking out one and going to face Cedric Alexander at WrestleMania.
0: Did not see this coming.
1: I I told you last week.
0: I know you did. I thought for sure it was going to be Gulak and
1: Cedric Alexander. It's funny because I do think uh, Gulak and Cedric makes more sense because of the heel face dynamic. Yeah. But I kind of, I don't know if that's what they're really trying to go for with 205 Live. I think that it's one thing, like if you look at the Cruiserweight Classic, which they're building a lot of this off of, you had a lot of matches where it was face versus face. It was just two guys you wanted to cheer for having a good competition. A good competitive match. It that is going
0: to be a high-flying, flippy shit match <laughs> of epic proportions that we have not seen yet. I don't it believe. is
1: going to be an athletic match for sure. Wow. I'm looking forward to it. Please let it not be on the pre-show. Oh God, no. is all I ask.
0: It's a championship match, guys. There's no way this should be on the pre-show. You can
1: tell that's a Neville and Austin Aries. Oh, I just, just saying. Who
0: both no longer work for the company. What?
1: But they'll both, well, Austin Aries will be in town for WrestleMania weekend. We don't know where Neville is. He vanished. Braun Strowman partner. He vanished off the face of the planet. Uh, Moving on, we got to talk about the mixed match challenge, which is still going on. Big upset this week. The favorites, Braun Strowman and Alexa Bliss, got knocked off by The Miz and Asuka. Uh... Largely because, and this this is baffling to me, they're making it about Asuka's streak. Where Oscar's streak counts in the mixed match challenge. If she loses in a tag match, but it's this to whole her thing streak. is
0: outside of like main roster storyline. It's out of fade, main right. roster
1: storyline. And if the Miz gets pinned, it's not like Oscar lost. She didn't get pinned or submitted. That's the whole point of the streak. She's not been a tag team or submitted. She God. hasn't been pinned or submitted in however long. It's not that she hasn't lost. It's hasn't. She hasn't been pinned or submitted. So this is this is making me a little nuts. Yep. Um, especially took because something
0: that was wholesome and good and now making it about something that just really doesn't matter,
1: but it's still really fun. Some of the best character yeah. work being yeah. done on WWE TV, Oscar's little dance. When the Miz tags himself back out and she's got to go back in and fight more is hilarious. And I recommend you check it out. Um, her physicality throughout this whole thing has been incredible, but, uh, yeah, I mean, it looks like we're going to get Charlotte and Asuka at some point. Before WrestleMania, if this keeps up, and I don't, oh no, I mean, what? What are you doing? What? What?
0: No. Uh, No. So
1: no. Yeah, I don't know. But uh, at this point, you know, Finn and Sasha did win the fan vote, so they're back in it. So we shall have to see with mixed match going forward.
0: Well, hey, let's head over to uh, the other side of the globe and talk about what went down in
1: New Japan because
0: we had some big happenings happen.
1: I'm gonna call this an upset. We had the New Japan Cup going on. Yes. And the finals was Zack Sabre Jr. against Hiroshi Tanahashi, as I call him the John Cena of New Japan. Right. Uh, Zack Sabre Jr. picks up the tap out victory. Huh? Out of nowhere. I I mean, that's not supposed to happen. Personally, they they worked me at the end of this match. Looked like uh, Tanahashi was going for the high fly flow double tap. And he missed the second one. Zack Sabre got him in a hold. And I mean, the most, one of the most bizarre holds I've ever seen, where it looked like he was just tearing his groin apart with like his, he has one leg around his neck and one leg in his other, his legs. It was
0: You called it some kind of weird name that I, only sounds like a song by a metal band.
1: They called the move orienteering with napalm death. I don't even want to begin to think of what that is. Okay. Hey, all I, okay. So first of all, great match, a great finish afterwards. Uh, We had a a stare down, of course. So the winner of the New Japan Cup gets to challenge whatever champ he wants. He can get the never open weight belt, the intercontinental belt, or the IWGP heavyweight belt. So Zach is asked, well, what are you going to go for? And he goes, no question. I want Okada. And who's the I.W.G.P. heavyweight champ who happened to be in the back? And then Okada comes out. They have a stare down. Both of their hype men start going at each other. Gato and Takamichi Noku start yelling at each other. Uh, this was good stuff. And as Okada walks away, Zack Sabre goes, I'm going to make you tap, dickhead. Oof. Yeah, so that's going to happen at Sakura Genesis on April 1st. We have got we have our main event for Sakura Genesis. Holy smokes. Zack Sabre Jr. and Okada. Yes. Okay. Let's go. Uh. Okay. I mean, at this point, Zack has now tapped out Naito. He's tapped out Tanahashi. When was the last time a non... Well, I don't want to say a non-Japanese... Let's say a...
0: A a British dude, a white dude, challenged for a Japanese for the
1: IWGP championship. For the heavyweight championship? For the heavyweight Uh, championship. It's been years. 95, Steven Regal. Wow. Wow. Yeah. That's the last time a Brit challenged for the IWGP heavyweight belt. Go get him, Zach. Jeez, man. Good luck, buddy. And I think the last American or the last non Japanese to win the, uh, the cup was a giant Bernard, I believe, Matt Bloom. Uh, so yeah, kind of a big deal this year. Way to go, Zach. Uh, over oh, Tanahashi too. Yeah, no kidding.
0: Uh, hey, some news out of Long Beach for Strong Style Evolved. Rey Mysterio is officially out with yes. a bicep tear.
1: If they thought he, because it was the lowest form of bicep tear, they thought he might be able to work through it. And then last minute, just a couple of days ago, they said no, he can't. He cannot do it. He will be replaced in his match against Juice and Thunder Liger by. Will Osprey? I can get on board with that. Yeah, it's uh, to me, the thing with Ray and, and Jushin was like legend against legend. Sure. Uh, and Osprey is definitely more of an up and comer. It'll still be fine. It'll be good. Jushin can still work. And Osprey obviously is how many SoCal crazy.
0: Latina Latino kids got bought tickets for this to go see Ray Mysterio in in this arena though I have we've been talking a lot recently about how Brock Lesnar and, and Ronda Rousey were no shows on Raw and we'd be pissed if we bought tickets and they weren't there this show was heavily advertised around yeah. Rey Mysterio well, Yeah they
1: don't really have a lot of the rest of the card out even yet and it's happening this Sunday right. Um that was the that was the draw Yeah uh and it is a bummer except this the difference is here it's injury it's not like he just didn't show he's like yeah, I'm good. I'm going to go do something else. No, this is like, this is, he's legit injured. He can't. I understand. Um, but as far as you know, people there who are disappointed, uh, well, I'll tell you because I got my hands on a ticket and I will be going to Strong Style Evolved this Sunday. You son of a bitch. Thanks to uh, Justice Gunsberg, Joey Ryan's personal lawyer. I will be going to see Strong Style Evolved this weekend. Thank you, Justice. Uh, uh, I really appreciate it. And, uh, I, yeah, I will let you know how it goes bastard and moving on to WrestleMania weekend. So a couple more news and notes here. So WrestleMania weekend, uh, you've got 70, 80,000 people coming if, if only, if not more coming into new Orleans for wrestling. So it's, it's become one of the biggest weekends to have other wrestling events in the same town as WWE. Because not only do you have fan access, takeover, WrestleMania, the Raw after WrestleMania, potentially SmackDown after WrestleMania, all in New Orleans and all of those shows. But then you have all of these other indie promotions and semi indie promotions, like you know, like Ring of Honor, I would call a semi indie, yep. somewhat corporate. Um but they're all there trying to get that extra dollar. Yep. Because WrestleMania is on Sunday, but people are going to come in on Friday and go to shows Thursday, Friday, Saturday. You know, and not only, but not only wrestling shows, but also non wrestling shows, but wrestling related shows. You know, whether it's a um, the live radio broadcast or live podcast or uh, you know, Jr. will have a live show. Jake the Snake Roberts has a live like this talk show or whatever. We'll get up and talk in front of people. Um, it, it's it's crazy, crazy. I have a whole list here. Of all of the things that are happening that weekend, uh, and it's it is mind-boggling, mind-boggling. Let's how hear many it. what do you got. Are. I'm going to have to actually, I'm going to do a bit of a rip through on this because okay. there's just so much. Uh, pretty much every major indie star in the U.S. is going to be there, plus a ton from the U.K., plus a ton from Japan. This is all happening WrestleMania weekend. All happening rest- from Thursday until Sunday. Holy smokes. And, okay. okay, non-wrestling stuff. You've got like Wale Mania, which is a concert and and wrestling thing. You've got, you got an evening with Paul Heyman. You've got Kevin Nash's shenanigans. You've got the busted open radio, not to be confused with what we do. That's the one with Bubba Ray Dudley on it. Thanks for stealing our shit, Bubba Ray. Uh, you've got uh, Jake Roberts' unspoken word you've got uh, the mania moments brunch uh, and then of course WrestleCon is going on the same time the wrestling convention right and that alone you've got all kinds of of wrestling associated with that usually kind of more like like rev pro impact lucha underground related uh czw's doing a show uh i'm gonna try and run down some of the matches that i'm just like like going down like matches that are occurring uh, at some point, I'll put the whole list, maybe like in the comment section. Sure. Uh, or, or I'll throw it up. We'll on, put on it Facebook. in the Facebook group. Put yeah. it in the Facebook group of like the whole list of everything that's going on because it is intense. We've got like we like for instance, looking down this uh just for WrestleCon, I've got Bob Holly versus Jay Spade versus Billy Gunn versus Stevie Richards for the heavyweight championship of Wildcat Sports. Also Savannah Evans and Rachel Ellering uh the d- d- golden lovers versus best friends Kenny Omega and Kota Ibushi versus uh Trent Beretta and Chucky T holy smokes come on who's going to who who will win that platonic friendship or like a, the the Yowai shipping party that is the golden <laughs> lovers uh, I love them. Don't get me wrong. I think it's one of the best angles going in pro wrestling. So don't take that the wrong way. I, I, I'm saying that out of love. Uh, Tomohiro Ishii versus Jeff Cobb is on that show. Penta, oh. Penta L0M versus Joey Janela. Uh, Penta El 0 m versus Austin Aries. Ray Phoenix versus Flamita versus Rich Swan. Rich Swan is all over this weekend, he's he's everywhere. Uh, Ray Horace versus Flip Gordon versus Laredo Kid. Rev, Rev Pro has Zach Sabre Jr. versus Tomohiro Ishii for the British Heavyweight Championship. Ishii again? Jeff Cobb versus Minoru Suzuki. Uh, Hiroshi oh. Tanahashi and Juice Robinson versus Aussie Open. Uh, Martin Stone versus David Starr. Eddie. Okay, Impact versus Lucha Underground. Impact Wrestling versus Lucha Underground. You have Eddie Edwards versus Sammy Callahan in an I Quit match. because what? Remember what happened recently with, with, the, the with the bat? Yeah, They're having an I Quit match. Oh, okay. Austin Aries and Phoenix versus Alberto El Patron and Penta El Zero M. That's the main event. Holy God. <laughs> LAX versus Killshot and the Mac. Desmond Xavier, Andrew Everett, and DJ Z versus Drago, Aerostar, and King Cuerno. Uh, that's 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 just WrestleCon. I'm I'm still in WrestleCon here. Um, Pancakes and Pile Drivers on Sunday morning, man. Pentel Zero M, Ray Phoenix versus Jack Evans and Teddy Hart. You got Colt Cabana and Marty DeRosa versus Joey Ryan and Session Moth Martina. CZW's got a show. They've got the, they've got their whole world championship up. Ricky Shane Page versus Ethan Page for the world championship. Maxwell Jacob Freeman versus Joey Ryan for the CZW Wired Championship. And and, and Sammy Callahan's here too, having a match against Joey Janela. Rich Swann is here too. Zachary Wentz is is is, is his opponent. Will Osprey versus Desmond Xavier. I, this is Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor is having possibly one of their biggest shows ever. They've got they've already sold. 5,000 seats, and they think they're going to have more in the walk-up. You know, they're having there's the talk about uh, Cody and the Young Bucks and, and everything having this this uh, all-in promotion where they're trying to get 10,000 people yeah. to an event. Th- this Ring of Honor production, I'm pretty sure, is going to be a dry run for that all-in uh, promotion that might happen in New Orleans really? at, at the same place. Huh, okay. Listen to this card. Kenny Omega versus Cody. Dalton Castle versus Marty Skrull for the Ring of Honor World Championship. Damn. The Briscoes, who are the Ring of Honor Tag Team Champions, versus Hiroshi Tanahashi and Jay Lethal. Uh, Kota Ibushi versus Hangman Page and Tomohiro Ishii versus Punishment Martinez. Good God, man. That's a That's a (laughs) card. And there's also House of Hardcore, Tommy Dreamer's House of Hardcore. You're going to have Rich Swan versus Austin Aries, plus appearances by Rock and Roll Express, Tommy Dreamer, Carlito, Billy Gunn, Willie Mack, Luchasaurus, Killer Cross, Super Crazy, Lance Hoyt, Davey Boy Smith Jr. And that's just WrestleCon. I haven't even started on WWN yet, and I know I'm dragging long here, but WWN's got Matt Riddle's Bloodsport, which has got Riddle versus Low-Key. It's got all of the Evolve programs. Uh, beyond wrestling progress is doing a bunch of shows over there. The WWN super show, which has Keith Lee versus Daisuke Sekimoto for the WWN championship. Zack Sabre jr. Versus Munenori Sawa for the evolve championship. I mean, it's madness with Matt Riddle versus Will Ospreay. Plus you've got Joey Janela's spring break, which is becoming known as one of the most fun things to happen on WrestleMania weekend. It's just, it's madness. Everyone has a good time. Joey Janela is fighting the great Sasuke. Like where, do, what, how did they book that Matt Riddle versus James Ellsworth? Hello. He's going to be in you, town. Yep. David Starr versus Mike Quackenbush Walter versus Pierre Carl Coulet. the clusterfuck. That's what they call like their, their big like rumble match. Yeah. That's going to be madness. Shimmer is going to have its 100th show. Uh, Nicole Savoy versus Mercedes Martinez for the shimmer championship. Tony storm versus Nicole Matthews. I mean, I'm, I'm skipping over so much here. It's crazy just because I have to get, I want to get through all this, but also show how much is going on. It's absolute insanity. And so much of it is dream matches and awesome matches. And it's going to be so good. I can see why so many people are going there and spending thousands and thousands of thousands of dollars because there's so much to see just on that weekend. It's becoming not just WrestleMania weekend. It's becoming pro wrestling weekend in general. Yeah. It's madness. And when we're not we're not just talking about wWE anymore when we talk about WrestleMania weekend, we are talking about so much more, and it's makes it that much more exciting to talk about that weekend because it's it's the biggest weekend of the pro wrestling year. yeah period.
0: Well, we're going to have this whole list of everything that's going on during that pro wrestling weekend leading up to the culmination on Sunday at WrestleMania. We're going to have all that in the Facebook group. Over uh, at the in the busted wide open Facebook discussion group. So come on over, join us, check that out, as well as this episode will be posted there. So uh, say hi to everybody, post some memes, have fun. And we got a few more things here to pound out just to close the show. Yes, out. sir. What, what else we t- got going
1: on? Time for the lightning round, lightning round of news and notes. So Edge and Christian have officially been invited and accepted to induct the Dudley Boys at yeah. the Hall of Fame. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I, the only way it could be more cool is if the Hardy Boys join them all on stage and we had all three of those teams from the original TLC matches on stage together. And I would, that would not be rule
0: that out. I wouldn't, I
1: wouldn't either. That could be pretty sweet. Jeff walks out with a ladder and says, what do you say, boys, one more time? Uh, in addition, we also have what's called the greatest Royal Rumble emanating from Saudi Arabia. WWE's doing a show there. A 50-man Royal Rumble happening in April. It's going to be on the network. They announced yes! it will be on the network, and it will be announced. It'll be called by... Jim Ross and Jerry the King Lawler. By God. And you know, man. And you know who just uh, teased being in it? Daniel Bryan. Ooh. Uh huh. That's okay. Another rumble he won't win. Uh-oh. But uh, uh, another oh, news. Up. A uh, big cast has been cleared to come back. Oh, I have a lot
0: to say about that. We just don't have time for it. I, I don't know if he'll be able to make it without Enzo. We'll be honest.
1: But you know who will be able to make it is Samoa Joe. He's been cleared as well. Nice. Uh, also, uh, this week, five-star wrestling, unfortunately, announced that it has to shut down. So no more five-star wrestling. It's too bad. They just put on their biggest show ever, and it was decent. Some technical problems, but I thought they were going to go somewhere. They had to shut down. Uh, Pat McAfee, who you remember being the kicker for the Colts. He signed with WWE. Hello. We don't know in what capacity, whether as an announcer or what a personality, but he has officially signed with WWE.
0: Interesting.
1: He's been a stand up comedian recently. He's at his own podcast show, radio show. So known more for his talking these days, but always had a big personality. So, uh, yeah, I can't see him being a wrestler. Possible
0: Commentary
1: maybe addition maybe interesting uh yeah so in other news uh in show news and news about us uh what are we doing tomorrow night nick we are going to pro wrestling gorillas uh earth is a flat circle time is a flat flat circle circle. sir yes right we're gonna go see another pwg show tomorrow night it should be a hell of a show uh I mean the main event is Chucky E.T. versus Keith Lee. Yes sir. uh which is going to be awesome. Uh I this is a match I'm waiting for as well. Zach Saber Jr. after winning the New Japan Cup is flying his ass all the way over here to LA to have a match with Matt Gobro Riddle. Uh that's who's you know he's ex MMA. That should be a amazing match. Yes. Will Ospreay versus Adam Brooks. I've seen some of their other matches. It's basically going to be just flippy shit everywhere. That should be an awesome match: Jeff Cobb versus Jonah Rock. I'm all over that one. Brody King versus Jake Atlas versus Eli Everfly versus Douglas James. Ray Horace versus Joey Janella, which should be a ton of fun. And of course, Desmond Xavier and Zachary Wentz versus Flamita and Bandito. A little bit of a flavor from Dragon Gate and the Crash. It's gonna be it's gonna be a killer show. And. It's not going to be in its usual place out in Reseda. It's the American gonna, Legion. The American Legion. It, no, it's going to be downtown Los Angeles at the Globe Theater. Air conditioning. The beautiful Globe Theater. Yes. Which, yeah, well, hopefully <laughs> it has air conditioning. Because here in Southern California, even in winter, we do need we need that air conditioning.
0: Absolutely. I
1: yeah. am so looking forward to that. Guys, we've run
0: a little bit long today. Thank you so much for hanging in there with us. We just had a lot to mark out about and a lot to get through. We are two effing weeks from the big show from WrestleMania and that entire weekend of just blowout wrestling. I can't wait. Ian, you?
1: No, I, I am definitely I am ready to go like, right now. We
0: need to just go ahead and start doing like daily pre-shows just to get warmed up for that entire weekend. What do you say?
1: I'm going to do some deep knee bends in preparation. If, if
0: every listener donated a dollar... We could do that. We you could. know,
1: speaking of speaking of which, I want to take this this time on the show to actually do something that I've, I've been meaning to do for a while. Okay, and that is, uh, we have been challenged by oh. another by another podcast for uh, to see who's got the better picks, and uh, I think we're going to have to take them up on this challenge because by God, we have been predicting everything correct this entire year. Yep, we are never wrong on this show. We always call everything right. And any show, any other show that wants to step up and step to our game is going to get shut down. Yep. So, for the guys who are on the Take Two podcast, we are accepting your challenge. Yes, we will have a pick them off for WrestleMania. Let's do this. And in addition, while I'm on this subject, I want to throw down the gauntlet to another podcast oh. that I have a bit of a personal history with. And that is the Steve and Larson Going in Raw podcast. That's right, boys. You heard me. Let's do this. You bring your best pick for WrestleMania. We'll bring our best pick and we'll see who gets more right. Let's get some stakes going on this. I will, we'll figure that out, but I want to throw the gauntlet down right here, right now, and let them know our WrestleMania knowledge versus their WrestleMania knowledge. Oh,
0: this could get dicey and spicy <clears throat> and good. I hope so. Take two and going in raw, gauntlet thrown down. What say you? that's going to be our show for this week guys thank you very much for tuning in as uh, we mentioned earlier please come join us over in the Facebook discussion group just search for busted wide open on Facebook you will find us there also follow us on Twitter at BWO podcast uh, we're definitely going to be doing some live tweeting for everything that's coming up over the next couple of weeks as we head towards Wrestlemania if you like this show and want to give us some support head over to patreon.com slash BWO throw a dollar in the tip jar or head over to orbitaljigsawcom slash store pick up some sweet swag and let us know that we are your favorite show
1: and in addition please check us out on itunes or your podcast app of choice in addition we are also on spotify now yes get yourself some premium over there but please leave us a review give us five stars if you feel like it Leave us a review saying what you like about the show What you think could be improved We do love constructive criticism Over here at the Orbital Jigsaw Network Arena And we love hearing what you have to say about our show So yes, please give us a review Like, share, and subscribe And tell other people about our show Get us, get everyone else involved as well But I'm Nick Howell You can find me on Twitter at DatacenterDude And I am Sir Ian Dangerous You can find me on Twitter at Sir Ian Dangerous But by God Somebody stop the damn match